So our text is from the gospel reading we heard a few moments ago, John chapter 1, these words. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the nation, the nation was aghast this past week. Yes, the nation was aghast when pictures of the devastation of some 30 tornadoes along a 250-mile-long pathway through six states was viewed on televisions and computers and tablets and cell phones everywhere. Dozens of buildings, businesses, and over a thousand homes completely demolished. The death toll was sobering. Most felt, so it was reported, lucky to be alive. And that is their only consolation, so it seems. That is when they take in the devastation all around them. But to a certain extent, even that sentiment might be of little comfort. For for, for so many, everything they had, all the things which defined their lives were completely and utterly destroyed. One man, for example, speaking of his home, told of how his mother had worked tirelessly on that home. Her dream home with dozens and dozens of trips back and forth to the home goods uh, stores over so many years to get it just right. It had taken a long time, a long time. And the mother then had died just this last year, and now her home, her dream home, everything she had worked on, all of what she had done was gone. Simply gone. Yes, lucky to be alive, but now what? Now what? Well, start again. Start rebuilding from scratch. Of course, this area, this area, Spring Lake Park in Fridley, knows about tornadoes and how long it takes to recover from a tornado. Those of you here who lived through the tornado in May of 1965 still have vivid memories of it. Now that tornado destroyed 425 homes. Many here had to start over, to start over from scratch, from nothing. Now from what I read about that tornado, the Fridley tornado, about 1,100 homes were damaged. We can deal with damage, can't we? I mean, it's easier, so it seems, to fix something, to fix something that's damaged than it is to start over completely from nothing. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it isn't easier to repair damage than to start over. 
you've ever done any remodeling, you know how this is. You want to remodel, you want to change something, but the thought of changing everything is too daunting. So instead of ripping everything down to the bare studs, we keep some sheetrock here, some flooring there, a bit of tile and trim. And the thinking is that it'll be easier to blend together the old and the new. But that never seems to work exactly how we plan, does it? And the end result is something old, something new, but not necessarily what we thought it would be. You know, we face the same situation when it comes to repentance. Repentance. I know a somewhat awkward transition there, but it's true. Because what is repentance? That is the feeling of remorse for the sins that we've committed and the commitment then not to sin in such a way again. What is repentance? What is repentance but a spiritual remodeling? A stripping bare of the walls and floors and ceilings of our hearts down to the studs so that something new can be built there. John the Baptist put it this way, quoting the prophet Isaiah, make straight the way of the Lord. And there the idea is one of road building, of filling in low spots and bringing down high spots to create a level pathway for our Lord so he can walk straight into our hearts. In remodeling, it would be equivalent to taking everything down to the studs. What's the point? The point is that in repentance, everything has to go. Everything that is us, that's infected with sin, it has to go. Everything that we are, everything that we've been, and even so often what we want to be, it has to go. This then is the way made straight for Christ, Luther preached 500 years ago now. And this is the true ministry of John the Baptist. That he shall humble men and tell them that they're all sinners, lost, condemned, poor, miserable creatures. And there, there is no life, nor work, nor standing so holy, great, and good that it's not under uh, condemnation unless Christ dwell and work and walk therein. Both is and does all things through his faith. And they all need Christ Jesus and should earnestly desire to partake of his grace. Behold, where this is preached, that all the work of man and all his life is counted as nothing. There sounds the true voice of John in the desert. And the pure and full truth of Christian teaching, as Paul says in Romans 3, they've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, which means that man is completely humbled. His pride is cut out from his heart, altogether abolished. And this may truly be called the straightening of the path for our Lord, making the rough places plain for him and making way for him. Now, taking in these words from Luther, they may sound not so much like a spiritual remodeling job as much as that of total spiritual devastation. 
devastation. Instead of thinking of a nice new room with everything as it should be, we think of the scenes of devastating tornadoes on the news or memories of them with lives, with life itself in shambles, in pieces. So the thought of the world, the suggestion of the devil, the fear of our flesh, if we repent, if we truly repent for who we are and what we are and what we do, our lives, everything, everything that we've built, everything we've taken so long to become, will be destroyed. Destroyed. We'll have to give up this and stop doing that and start doing some new things and, and even speak to people with whom we haven't spoken in years. Well, that simply is true. When the voice of John the Baptist is heard crying in the wilderness of our lives, when we hear repent, it can be not so much a moment of humbling ourselves before the voice of the living God, but of a negotiation of sorts within us between our old Adam and new man. If I repent, truly repent of my sin, I can't be angry at my cousin anymore. I can't slowly drink myself into a stupor when I've had a rough day. I can't abide by all the excuses I have to not like the people around me. And on and on and on the negotiation goes. But what are we doing when we do such a thing? Are we not simply doing a partial spiritual remodeling of our heart? hoping to hold on to our our pet sins and vices, our anger and resentment, our fear and frustration, and just hope Jesus will accept the partial repentance we're offering and, and, and work with it? You know, there are times when replacing, replacing is simply better than repair. And starting from scratch, better than trying to modify what we already have, When a clean slate is better than a slate in which in one corner something is written in a box drawn around it with a note, please don't erase. But in repentance, everything has to be erased, has to go, has to be removed. And the reason that this is so is that God is a God who creates. And God creates from nothing. So in order for God to create within us a clean heart, he must first have a heart that has been cleansed from sin. So the preaching of John the Baptist, the preaching of repentance, so the voice of God, which thunders forth by the power of the Holy Spirit, convicting us of the sin within us so that the sin can be acknowledged and confessed and torn out of our hearts, tossed in a dumpster somewhere. So that faith in Christ can be built there. Faith in our Lord and Savior covering the floors and the walls and the ceilings of our heart like the gold that covered the inside of the temple in Jerusalem so that with Christ dwelling there, we truly can begin a new life. What is that life? A life lived in the joy of sins forgiven. It's a life of loving service. It's a life lived within the world but not of the world. Why is a new life of Christ not of the world? Because it's not a life of sin. That's why Paul can encourage the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord's at hand. That is, the Lord is with us. 
Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So here's the deal. Through repentance, what do we do but confess the sin in our lives that binds, that connects, that holds us to the world in oh so many ways. The absolution through the forgiveness, what happens is that those connections to the world are cut so that those things which we have feared to lose no longer need be or are a source of our fear, our anxiousness, because in Christ we now have the confidence to live apart from the world. For reassurance here, we can think of Peter. Peter speaking to Jesus. We, we read in the Gospel of Mark these words, Look, we've left everything and followed you. So Peter said, Everything. Left everything, followed you. And Jesus replies, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the gospel will fail to receive a hundredfold, a hundredfold in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. In other words, when we heed the preaching of John the Baptist and through repentance tear ourselves away from this world, the one that comes to dwell in our newly renovated hearts, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, will indeed take care of us in ways we cannot even begin to fathom. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the offertory.